0: Hello everyone and welcome back to After the Storm. This is Hamna and this is Roja. And we're back with another one of our super special guests. Uh this time I think Roja is gonna introduce him. Roja, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, this is our second in our actor
1: series. Hamna, are you excited? I'm so excited. We're getting legit. I know, right? <laughs> um, well, so we our- our next guest is someone very special. Um, they were originally born in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, um, and then they made the trek to our very cold climate here in Canada. Um, you can find them on billboards everywhere right now because they're the lead in CTV series Transplant. Um, Hamza Haq holds a Bachelor of Arts in Film Studies with a minor in Law, more about that later. Um, from Carleton University, and he currently uh, switches up between Montreal and Toronto. Welcome, Hamza. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. hello listeners, and hello hamna's roommates who are telling me that they're listening for <laughs> the first time, um, and you should have been listening this whole time. So, welcome, <laughs> everybody.
0: I'm glad. I'm um, thank you for the call out. Um, how's it going? How are you doing?
2: Alhamdulillah, I mean, but, uh, you know, I think uh, we're all feeling the effects of, uh, of COVID either, either, you know, hopefully not physically, but socially, definitely. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. keeping our, uh, our heads up and trying to stay positive throughout all that. How about you guys?
0: It's, it's been an interesting time. I think Broha and I were actually talking about this earlier today, where we're talking about how, like, we know we're living through a pandemic. Like, we recognize that, but to a large extent, for me, work and school just seems like it's still going right mm-hmm. and it's and i'm having a hard time coming to terms with that and it's just like kind of been stuck in a weird space when it comes to actually being productive mm-hmm. um so i think- i mean hopefully i make some progress Mm-hmm.
1: Inshallah. Um, I feel like yeah everyone else is assuming that pandemic's over but it's really not because they're just going back to the way things were before but you you can't have that there's changes to every industry there's changes to every field I'm sure there's changes to your industry and how that's gonna look in the future right um, especially or because how- <laughs> I was just thinking about like film production in general that's just such a sheer amount of people Mm -hmm. on set and how that's going to operate. I started watching Transplant um, a couple months ago when it first started airing and I like was in tune to it right away um, because I personally enjoy medical dramas. (laughs) Hamza, I really like how Transplant um, focuses on an array of topics, um, which we will go into a little bit further, but I enjoy that At the end of the day, it's about Bashir and his little sister and them just trying to make home out of a place that doesn't really feel like home right now. And Mm -hmm. I like that that's one of the main storylines as well, um, which I thought deferred from a lot of med dramas or TV shows in general. Um, Can you speak a little bit to how you came to play this role and selecting this role, how Bash came to be?
2: Um... Okay. Uh, well, selecting the role was easy. Like there's not uh, <laughs> like um, uh, I'm, I'm definitely in no position to say no to any work. So there's definitely, you know, that it wasn't like a, hmm, should I say yes to uh, the lead of a show or should I just remain <laughs> unemployed? So that was, um, but how Bash came to be um, the creator of the show. He's this wonderful artist, uh, showrunner, and writer named Joseph K and we had worked together previously on a show called this life where is the only time I've ever actually played a Pakistani on a show. Um, and the part that I got was, um, you know, when I auditioned for it, all it said was, uh, he was a foreign exchange student, um, who was doing his, uh, postdoc and at, uh, you know, uh, Miguel and all this stuff. And they just allowed me to run with it. They said, yeah, well, I mean, whatever backstory you want to give him, you know, he can, whatever accent you want to do, whatever, you know, he just has to be foreign. So like, I was just like, okay, like, it'd be like British Pakistani. I could be, you know, like Pakistani, Pakistani, I could be Arab. And so we did a, we like focus group that and we worked on it together and he invited me into the writer's room a couple of times just to talk it through. And um, so we built that character together. Um, and then, uh, you know, fast forward to a year and a half now uh, after that, and um, Joe's writing a new show about a Syrian refugee. And I'm hired as a character consultant. Um, I didn't have the part. There, there was no show yet. Um, he was just uh, playing around with the idea. And um, he, he, you know, along with all of the Syrian refugee consultants that, you know, offered their stories and their input on the show, he wanted to talk to me because, A, we have a pre-existing relationship, like, in this process. And he enjoyed working with me. And he also he wanted me to inject my experiences, what it feels like being a, you know, a a brown man, a Muslim man in Canada, the types of things that I would face, the types of decisions that I would make um, civilian consultants and stuff like that. uh, When you're trying to approach something on an artistic level, oftentimes is the, uh, you know, it's the impulse to sort of self-preserve a little bit like, Oh no, I would never do that. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I would a hundred percent do that. I would make this bad decision for sure. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and uh, so that was just one part of the, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the multifaceted uh, uh, approach to creating this character, um, you know, and um, I, you know, I, I was recognized a little bit for my work on this life and then, Um, I did, uh, and that was for CBC and then I did a show called Indian detective and that was for CTV. So when the creator of this life pitched the show to CTV, they asked if they had anybody in mind and Joe mentioned my name in passing and they were just like, yeah, he'll be fine. He was good in Indian detective. People liked him in this life. Yeah, he'll be good. And then, um, you know, and then several months after the fact, I found out that that was a conversation that they had. And then eventually after there was some debate over whether I was qualified enough because I'm obviously not a Syrian refugee and uh, they did a full on search uh, for several months to try to give the opportunity to um, uh, somebody who was closer to that. Um, uh, they, they couldn't find the guy. And, um, you know, I, I sent in a tape and that was ultimately uh, selected job
0: it's so, so insightful and you do mm-hmm. such a great job and i feel like you really do justice to the character right and his experiences with everything you bring to the screen so it's really amazing to watch that
2: thank you so much i mean just for me personally it's really the only way to justify making a living doing this you know like uh, otherwise mm-hmm. then we're, if we're not doing justice to it then then we're really just exploiting it and um
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i i'm sincerely hope that uh, that you know the show doesn't go into that territory and so far it doesn't feel like that because we're we're really trying to share the story um from an appropriate level and working with uh organizations and people who have been through that to 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 help support and bring light to the uh, to the issues at hand.
0: i think that really does come across um on
1: screen um the lead of this show is a Syrian refugee that, you know, has come over to Canada. And one thing that I wanted to point out is when Western media, Hollywood in specific, they do shows, um, doing a subject matter like that, um, the sensitivity around it, like there's lots of blurred lines. Um, and what I really liked, uh, in terms of transplants point of view was it, it wasn't like to put bluntly like it wasn't trauma porn it wasn't an audience mm-hmm. just banking on like this person's trauma and like that's the whole show um mm-hmm. i think it does a very realistic portrayal of adjusting to you know a completely different place um mm-hmm. when coming from you know a situation that was so horrible and that put someone through a lot and mm-hmm. I think getting the perspective of Amira and Bash as well, has been really mm-hmm. interesting in my viewing of the show.
2: Yeah, they they were, I appreciate you saying that. They were. There were definitely a lot of conversations being had about the, uh, you know, um, and, you know, put in the descriptions and spoilers ahead for anybody who hasn't mm. seen it. You know what I mean? But like, come on, like it's been out for a minute. If you haven't seen it, you really just don't want to. Um, <laughs> but but um, you know like uh, as we do go back and see flashbacks of you know Bash in in, uh, war-torn Syria and losing his parents in the hospital and stuff and there was a lot of conversations had about um, how much of that we were going to show because that's not you know that the the specificity of the event itself really isn't the story like that specific the it's sort of the journey of all of that and how he's adjusting here like it's a very human story it's not a it's not a trauma like you said it's not trauma based so you know the issue at hand is how he's adjusting and and what he's trying to do now um as opposed to like uh, just you know like uh, like like you say, a lot of things would just you know masturbatorily just be just like, "Oh, look at how bad it is, look at us showing mm-hmm. how bad it is or how bad it was, um, just so they can just so they can say that they talked about it, but I think it 's a much more dangerous and a much more logical approach to be just like no, no, no let 's talk about how it 's affected people now and what are they doing, and what are they bringing with you know with them like uh, as part of their experience as part of their trauma, as part of their contribution most importantly um to uh, to society now so um so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you see it that way too because i i do believe sincerely that that was the absolute intention
0: i think one of the other things i noticed in it too was just how realistic it it seemed in terms of its um just portrayal of a refugee person moving and adjusting to life abroad and the struggle that comes with it right i think earlier when um, there were, I think, how long ago was it that we did have a big influx of Syrian refugees coming into Canada, there was a lot of negative public sentiment about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were being like, why are they getting handouts? Why are they getting this for free? Why are they getting that for free? And that's really not the case because you have like, these aren't immigrants, right? They don't Mm -hmm. decide to uproot their life and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They've had that decision forced upon them. And then Even on top of that, they're still working ridiculously hard when Mm -hmm. they get here. And I think we see that in the struggles that Bash deals with with regards to his apartment and just the work that he puts in. So Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, that piece was really important to see in there as well. Kind of going, (laughs) yeah, kind of going off of that. So with this role and your previous roles and the kind of roles that you want to do in the future, what is it that you look for when you take on an acting job? Um...
2: I mean, right now, it's not, like, I'm, I'm, you know, people like to assume that, like, oh, like, because I'm kind of known and I'm lead on a show that I have some kind of, um, you know, like that I'm just like sitting in front of like offers and I'm just like Mm -hmm. saying no to things and stuff. But really like there is a, there is a reality to the fact that it's kind of limited out there. So like more so I'm just trying to avoid certain things. I'm not really looking for anything in particular. Um, I mean, there were there are dream opportunities that I would love, but, you know, those are, like, right now, they're just, you know, I mean, we can circle back around to that later if there's time or if there's interest in talking about that. But right now, just like, I just don't want to do anything, A, that I've done before, because mm-hmm. it, uh, it's just boring. And, um just, you know, if I can't, if I can't have fun doing it, then there's no point. And and fun doesn't necessarily mean that like, okay, cool. Like I get to drive fast cars and I get to get the girl and I have guns and stuff like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like, just something different, something that, that would challenge me artistically. Um, And, you know, there's only so many times where like, you'll get to do all of those things and get to do like, you know, send like a poignant social message and stuff like that. So that would be great, you know, something that something where I get to have fun I'm challenged something different I get to speak about something that's important to me and I make a lot of money um but um you know and but um yeah initially that would be great
1: I just wanted to like bounce off what you said um you as you said uh roles are limited especially you know for um brown individuals in this sphere, it's very hard, um, and there's the risk of like you know being stereotyped in a s into a certain role, or um, perhaps doing roles that represent your community in a bad light. Mm-hmm. Um, while those struggles still exist, um, you're very vocal on social media in your activism, and mm-hmm. you don't shy away. And I think that's one of the reasons that I did keep on following you. How do you reconcile with those two identities, or with that struggle that you know what? What I say online might limit me or my activism might limit me from things is that a concern that exists
2: um not like the thing is it hasn't affected me yet um it's affected a lot of people um that i uh that i know like to to a certain degree um it affects a lot of people you know but um the thing is it hasn't affected me and I like to think that, like you know, if it's written for you, you'll get it. If it's not, it's not. So, like if I, if I say something to piss somebody off, and like say Disney doesn't want to hire me to, you know, when they eventually do the Aladdin remake,
1: um,
2: and like a darker, grittier version, and you know what I mean, like a <laughs> like a DC universe alternate, whatever, you know, where they want to, you know, like a rough Aladdin and stuff like that. That's one I could do. Um, and they don't want to work on me because I'm speaking up about, you know, like. Palestine, or or uh, you know the Uyghurs in in China, or uh, Black Lives Matter, or anything like that. Like I don't know. Like uh, like I just think it's a silly thing to be just like, oh, you care about something, mm-hmm. and um, to lose to lose jobs based on that. Um, it's 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 kind of silly. Um, it may happen. It probably will happen. Um, but uh, at the current time, like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think people need to reconcile. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to worry about that less and less because, um, there is also, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Like a lot of people in our, um, in our acting community and just Instagram in general, there's I feel like there's this reaching and there's this clamoring to like become an activist or become because people kind of judge you like, hey, how come you didn't speak out about this? Because like, you know, I'll change my profile picture red to draw attention to Kashmir and people like, then my Indian fan base is furious with me. And then people are just like, well, how come you're talking about Syria, but you there's no mention about Yemen and there's no mention about so like, I feel like there's a lot of things. So like, I've, you know, since the advent of, of uh, you know, or so sort of the resurgence of, of Black Lives Matter since George Floyd, and there was that influx of everybody and their mother being a, a, a an activist for one side or the other, like it was like you all you had to choose sides. Um, I sort of re um, you know, recalibrated what my output is going to be not from a not from a fear-based perspective but it's just the quality over quantity i'll i'll share other people's things often but uh, when it comes to like posting my own thing um really uh speaking from from the heart or speaking meaningfully for what i want to talk about um that's something i'm a little bit more um, calculated about not because i'm worried about what's going to come out but it's just i'm still trying to discover what my my true voice is and my authentic voice is and i'm not just um regurgitating other people's thoughts i'll share people's thoughts but when i speak my own i really want to have a better understanding of what exactly that is yeah
1: you're also very like unapologetically muslim you say alhamdulillah you say inshallah and while that's like normal conversation for us right um hearing someone say that when they're interviewing for ctv that kind of like look look a second time and you're like oh hey i haven't heard that
2: right in general like, who's like, saying alhamdulillah to ben Mulrooney. It, he it's heard just it's
1: <laughs> refreshing right um yeah. i think it really is i more like more recently have we been more comfortable with muslim identities in media so mm-hmm. the fact that that's continuing and that you don't have to fit a certain mold of what being a Muslim is or like Mm -hmm. what extent you can be, you know, that's really refreshing to see. And I, I'm sure that people watching you aren't shying away.
2: Right. Well, thanks very much uh, again. um, But legitimately, and I have to speak out about or speak up about the fact that it, it is legitimately a concerted effort that I make to, you know, like, uh, you know know that we should remember him and, and and all these things that like because I forget. And to say that I am unapologetically Muslim, I don't think I can I can own that yet. I have a lot of I have a lot of like Islamophobia that I have to examine on my own as a result of conditioning. Um, I have in the past, like walked away from religion for years and just, you know, just been like, all right, cool. Like I'll go to Juma with dad, you know, but that's, that's the extent of it. And I, I've, I've been, you know, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of like years of self-loathing and wishing that I wasn't and blah, 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 and all this stuff in that search for identity when you're, when you're younger. And, and that, that tends to creep up every so often. You asked so far. about like you know doing roles that like um you know uh, uh, how i pick and how i gravitate towards certain things and stuff like that um right after indian detective i was probably leading up to and at the end of indian detective i was probably at like the height of my like self-loathing depression and all of that stuff because it was like i was living a life that really wasn't mine i was really i thought that i got in the industry like all right cool like i'll travel the world like i'll get girls like i'll make money i'll I'll, you know um i'll work with like famous people and i'll get some clout and, and all of this stuff and at the end of it i was just done with it i was like man this is like you know, like I just uh, I, I'm burnt out. I'm, I'm crazy anxiety. I'm still miserable. Like I don't like who I am. And, um, you know, I just I don't feel I don't feel like myself. Like I don't I don't know what I've become. And it was really because I just like I just walked away from any sense of identity. Like it was really comfortable to put myself into a character. Um, you know, like I played, I played Gopal and Amal and stuff like that. And, and that was really comfortable for me because like I could just pretend to be him and that was fine because I didn't have any anxiety on work because I didn't, I kind of like found comfort in not needing to be myself at the time. But time while I was by myself, being with myself became more increasingly, increasingly difficult. And I left the industry, like I called my agents and I was just like, yo, I don't want, I don't want to do this. I, I just. I just want to figure out if i like love this thing i left and i told my agents i didn't want to do it because like if really all i wanted was like money and all these things like yo like i'll just i'll just do my executive mba and i get a job in dubai like my dad will hook it up you know what i mean like he probably knows somebody he went to college with somebody blah 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 This that like you know and i'll you know i have a i have a north american degree i can find a job back home you know what i mean somebody will pay me some stuff but I just said that I'll work for free for about six months and I only look for student jobs. Like I was just like, I just want to work for free. I want to figure out if I actually love this thing. And if so, I'll keep doing it. But if I, if, but if I'm not willing to do it for free, then it's, it's not, there's no point um, other than fame and money and all of these things that are more and more like occupying my head. So as a result of doing this thing, I ended up, you know, I, I ended up telling the story of, of uh, it was a wonderful short film by a by a CFC uh, director named uh, uh, Yasmina Akharaja and uh, she's just a Jordanian woman told the story of two brothers who were um, you know who were recently uh, like 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 new into the country and uh, one of them was disabled because he was migrant worker and hurt himself and like the younger brother had to go and get his bed and stuff and it was just like this lovely, you know, seven-minute short film. And I think you can check it out online if anybody's interested on com or just look up and All those links, the movie's name is Honey. And, um, yeah, like, that for me was like a, you know, like a reinvigoration of just like, all right, man, these are the stories that, like, you want to tell. And this is the kind of person that you want to be. I wanted to be comfortable, like saying Alhamdulillah and Inshallah and stuff like that, because it brought me peace. So I make a concerted effort to like say it more often to like tag all my, you know, comments or, you know, at least once a day or like once a week, I'll like remind it. I'll put it up on my story. I want does be around my neck, not because like, I'm I like, com- like always like, you know, like doing a stokhtar, like not at all. You know what I mean? I do it because like, if, if at least in the beginning, I'm trying to find what I'm like, how I feel on the inside. I'm trying to reflect it on the outside and working from the outside. And so that hopefully it'll become practice. I know it should be the other way around, but like, I, I just didn't, don't have like the, the spiritual, mental, emotional capacity to do that now. So I'm just working from the outside. And um, so I don't want to be, I don't, you know, just, I don't want to be considered a, a hypocrite for if people say that unapologetically Muslim. I've apologized plenty for being Muslim and I've, I've I've resented it even at times and I'm I'm loath to say but alhamdulillah like I'm, I'm I'm I feel like over the last couple of years when I made the decision to really uh uh observe it and look at it um my work's been better the opportunities have been better and um and my ability to handle both the highs and the lows of 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 the industry has been um uh, has just been better my life and my life's been better in every way, so really. So, um, so yeah, it's. I hope, I hope anybody hearing this who's like having problems and having just like, a, you know, uh, dealing with like, uh, you know, crisis of faith or crisis of identity that like happens. It's okay that it's happening, but it's not okay to, to ignore that. And I ignored it for far too long, almost to a, to a very uh, unsettling end. But, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, we're here in a-
0: Thank you for sharing that. And thank mm. you for being so honest about it, because I think it's refreshing to hear that, right? It, mm. Because there's there's so much self-censorship that goes on in mm. what we say every day, particularly on social media, but also just in general, um, from issues around faith and being honest about those um, to just things as small as saying, Alhamdulillah, right? Like, I think you get into this pattern of wanting to make other people comfortable with your presence or at least i know i do and for me that was something that really fed into that identity crisis or whatever you want to call it is that mm-hmm. right like if you don't i didn't want to make people around me uncomfortable and so mm-hmm. i started limiting what i shared and what i said and so um it's really refreshing to just hear that very honest journey
2: mm-hmm. i mean there's like like i could share much more but uh you know I don't, I don't want to scandalize any artists again you know what I mean? so like let's <laughs> let's let's <laughs> Let's leave it at that, but there's, yeah, it was, we'll leave it, there, yeah. It, it was just, it was just uh it was just uh yeah, actually, you know what? Like, yeah, let's leave it there. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. Okay. Um, on a lighter note, on a lighter note, I'm just going to jump off the track here for a second. Yeah. I was watching, obviously we were, re- we were, I recently introduced me to Transplant and plan on your work on there. So I was Googling you and researching. I was like, who is this man? Um, right. And I found one of your interviews on CTV and you had Mandy on your hands. And for a split second, I was like, is this like a Chandamerea moment like Randeep Kapoor is- and Yidivani uh- and who broke his heart? I want to know what the D right, Let's talk Where about is- Chandamerea.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's not talk about <laughs> um Yeah, I did have Mandy on my hands. Um, yeah, I, I like. Um, I don't know, man. I've always, I've always really, I've always really loved Mandy. I've loved the culture around it. Like, I grew up around a lot of women. Like, my dad's got four sisters, and I, you know, like I have two sisters myself. You know, seventy of my first cousins. You know, probably a good, a good, and that's like, I'm, I'm like, y'all know I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, this, this might <laughs> be like, like oh no, yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, all <laughs> live in Dallas, Texas, within five minutes of each other. You know what I mean? Like, but like, you know, lots of lots of women around. So like, anytime we went to like a, a Function or family gathering or something like that, you know, there's these like hordes of like 30, 40 women just like sitting around and like doing Mandy and stuff like that. And it's not, it's just something that like men didn't do. And meanwhile, I'm like yeah. sitting around, like, you know, hearing like all the uncles complain about, you know, like, oh, Pakistan, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And just talking about this, that, or the other thing, politics, and just not really fitting in there. Or just like because I was the youngest, just being like, teased and beaten by like the old, like my older male cousins and my brother and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was just, I was just something I really enjoyed. And then like, I decided, I'm just like, you know what, like every like red carpet thing that I'm ever going to go to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Mandy done. I don't care. I want to get it done. And uh, so I, I went to a film premiere in Berlin at the, at the top of, um, uh, at the top of February. I called some like auntie in Brampton and I was just like, yo, like was good? Like I hear you highly recommended, but you know, like I could tell by like all the, you know, reviews on, on Yelp and stuff like that. Like, do you have an opening? Like, are you comfortable working with men? Because a lot of like, a lot of sisters said no, you know what I mean? I called up and they were just like, no, sorry, like i only working with women. I'm like, okay, cool. Get it. No problem. Um, but she was just like, yeah, come through. No big deal. She did some Mandy, I rocked it in Berlin and got some crazy looks. But I was like, I was like, really like, is like, oh, dope. I get it was my first time getting black Mendy done too. Like I'd done it maybe four or five times before. This is my first time getting black done, so I was just like, "Yo, this is hype."
1: Every time someone says black Mandy, my brain just like shuts down because my last experience <laughs> with black Mandy
2: was so bad. Okay, you yours. You got the rash? No, I didn't. No, no,
1: it's even better, Roha. Please share. So, like, we went to a <laughs> wedding together, and, like, I was really excited because I was like, you know what, yeah, I'm going to a wedding, but I'm still going to be, like, goth and just wear all black, and then get like, sure. black man theory. Right? And then, like, I got it done, and, like, I had my friend do it, you know, she, like, booked me in last minute, night before the wedding, and I slept on my hand. So, like, oh, no, my entire you got face, the print. Oh, I got no. the print, and, like, my entire face was, like, tattooed. Oh, it was so terrible. <laughs>
2: No, I got, so I got, I had, the, I got charged by the hotel because all the sheets were blue. So like my, I was lucky enough that like, uh, like my, my Mandy like ran, cause I got it done the night before and then I flew. And then when I like, yeah. So like the, 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 the hotel charged me to like replace the sheets because they're just like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't coming out. Like we're putting this on your bill. And I was just like, Worth it, whatever. You know what I mean. I do it again. You know
0: what I mean. So yeah. oh I One of the highlights of my life was seeing the picture of Roja after he woke up that morning with just black the all over.
2: Did you face. did you get some Did you get some of it off on the day? Like, uh, were you Um. Gonna,
1: uh... So yeah, I just like tried every scrubbing, like cleanser imaginable, and just like it started to peel off. I even Googled I should not have because those at home remedies. Probably ruined my skin even more, sure. but then it was just like lots of foundation. Yeah, and I was just gonna was say, did
2: like, you just go foundation over yep. and you're just like, you know, we'll deal with this tomorrow? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: okay. Oh, the look Hamna gave me when I showed up was just pure joy.
2: Okay, okay, <laughs> like I don't know, if, like there's gotta be pictures of this somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, there's gotta They're be,
1: really yeah. gonna be, like, talked away, oh, okay. never <laughs> to be seen. The day.
2: okay uh, Fair enough
1: i was gonna print
0: those out and then burn them
2: mm-hmm. okay fair enough
0: um but yeah no honestly back to my it's such a bold look i love it like it's just it's such a cool it's such a cool look and i feel like so many guys shy away from it right because they're afraid to be labeled as feminine and things like that and it's just like you just really don't i mean don't get I'm, in, it. I'm
2: in the arts like I people already. That. thanks right? like i'm the thing is like people already think that of me you know what i mean they're just like oh like he's you know he's in the arts or like he's not a doctoral or engineer or whatever you know what i mean therefore he's already feminine but the artist you know what i mean like mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the, so, uh, like if, i was just like well you know if they're gonna think it anyway like whatever you know what i mean like I'll, I'll i'll put mandy on my hands i'ma look good i'll get all the looks at the red carpet and then you know people will question me for it and that'll be that and then i'll go home and it'll wash off in three four days or I'll get a print of it on my hand or get charged for it at the hotel or, you know what I mean? But, uh,
0: I went to, I went to an Indian school when I lived in the Emirates, okay. but we just had to like do, they do like morning inspections and okay, national anthem okay. and all that other stuff.
2: Right. Same thing. This same is where situation. like I
1: tap out cause I have no clue what's going on.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's like I Maybe, maybe I'll show it in a movie one day, you know? I'm like, it'll be like, ah oh, like, you know, yeah.
1: I showed up here at junior kindergarten in Montreal. All I knew was Urdu and I was just like, okay.
2: <laughs> you know, like, this is
1: wrong.
0: <laughs> um, so kind of going back to more work related things in your work so far, have you had any moments that just kind of felt surreal to you?
2: Yeah, all of it. <laughs> like like in, in a way like I don't really I don't really get things like oh man like you know like uh, I think I think working with Russell Peters was a big one for sure like he was the re- like you know I moved in the year 2000 his comedy thing on just for laughs like really blew up in 2001 or 2002 so like for the first couple of years where like I kind of had nothing where I was just like oh like yeah I'm just a foreign kid and I have so there's all these insecurities and stuff and then like Russell Peter drops in and everybody, like, everybody knows that. So I just memorized it verbatim, regurgitated. Really? Yeah, regurgitated (laughs) at school and all of a sudden I was popular. It was was amazing. Um, I started making a lot of friends. I, you know, joined, that gave me the confidence to, like, join drama class and stuff like that because, like, you know, like, that's when, that's where the class clownery kind of began. I wasn't really, like, you know, we were still we had that like deep rooted, like fear of teachers and that like almost militant respect of uh, authority, like coming from Saudi. I um, mean, yeah, you were, yeah, you were in the Emirates. So like, you know what that's like, you know, yep. like,
0: <laughs> I feel you
2: don't, don't ever question a teacher, you know, like, um, but yeah, like, um, so, you know, when I met him, you know, like here I am like chilling with him in South Africa. And that was, that was kind of like, Yo, this is really strange. Like, I think, I think the, I think the first time I got a text from him, because I had the number. He was just like, yeah, you know, here's my number. If you ever need anything, I was like, very cool. gonna like, this thumbs up. And then just like randomly sent me a text message, like while we were shooting and stuff like that. And I was just like, yo, this is wild, man. This is crazy. Like, <laughs> this, this is, yo, this, this guy, yo, somebody gonna be all the same, Like, <laughs> um, you know that? Um, seeing my like, seeing my parents on set. It was really cool. Um, Seeing the things afterward. But, like, honestly, I really, like, I genuinely love what I do. So, like, there are times where, like, I have to, like, stop production to just, like, enjoy it. I just have, you know, they'll call cut notes. Just, like, hold on, guys. (laughs) We We get to do this. Like, this is, like you know how unlikely it was for me to do this? Like my parents being who they are, I mean, coming from where I came from, like, like dad's an engineer. Mom has an, uh, a master's in organic chemistry, you know, like moved from Saudi came to Canada. Like you don't expect, I didn't expect it to like, Oh, like this guy's going to grow up to be an actor for sure. You know, <laughs> like, um, so it was, so every so often I'm just like, yeah, as if like, and I've been doing it about 10 years now. And it's just like, Oh, that's kind of dope, you know what I mean? That's like, um, that's really cool. That that to me is, that to me is surreal. I sat next to Sigourney Weaver and like in between Sigourney Weaver on one side and then like a couple seats down, Jeremy Irons was sitting there in Berlin. That was pretty wild. I was in Berlin for a film festival and the movie that I was in. Um, um, Like with a buddy of mine who like, uh, you know, they gave me a plus one and my friend Dejan was um, like, he was... Planning a Euro trip anyway. So I was just like, hey, man, like, where are you going to be? Like, in the beginning of February. He's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I was, was going to take vacation. So, like, I was going to think about going to, like, Amsterdam or something like that, whatever. I'm like, yo, how about you cut that shirt, meet me in Berlin? I got tickets. And he, I mean, <laughs> so I'm just like, yo, like, sitting next to my boy, who is just like, we used to dream about, like, just like, hey, like, I remember, like, talking to him the first time I got, uh, you know, I, booked when really i signed myself up to be an extra in like a you know low budget you know movie of the week in ottawa and i remember talking to him so excited about like yo bro like yo can you believe it like yo we are about to make it happen i just made minimum wage like for 14 hours like because i'm in a movie son <laughs> and like and then I, like 10 years later like hey man like this is a movie premiere in berlin you're sitting next to a of the celebrities and you know and you got Mandy on your hands and and you're you're watching this movie and 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 you're in it like that's kind of that's you know that kind of stuff's like really cool to to just think about like the things that we were just like randomly we just like randomly talk about these things I'm like yo like when I get my Los Angeles agent like y'all gonna see you know and then like (laughs) and then like one of my boys who's like you know works for a startup in uh, in like the the bay area you know like as most Stacy guys do, you know what I mean? But, like, he's out there. He's doing, the, he's doing the Bay Area thing and stuff like that. I go to L.A. He comes through. We're hanging out. Same day, like, I get a Los Angeles representative. And I was just like, oh, like, yo, you remember when we were, like, both skipping accounting class to go to Montreal to eat short smoked meat sandwiches? Like, this is dope. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? This is so hype, you know? So it was, um, I think, like, to me, like, just, like, reflecting on it with the people who have been there. Um, since the beginning has been, um, has been the most, like, you know, you really like, like, I definitely want it for me, but like, you, you know, just below that, you really want it for for anybody who truly believed in you. Um, You really want to do it for them. Um, So like when they, when they were just like, yo bro, like, don't worry, it's going to happen. Like, yo, what, you got an audition in Kingston? I'll drive you. No worries. But yo, you, you know that kinks. Are, and I was like, yo, whatever, man, there's that Wendy's. Like, we'll go to the Wendy's afterwards. It'll be dope. Like, we'll go shisha afterwards. It'll be hype. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like, your parents aren't going to expect you at home until like three in the morning anyway. Like, what you got tomorrow? An exam? Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> you know? So, like, people genuinely put in, put in that work. So that's been kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, and, then, and then when they cast John Hanna um, in Transplant, that was like, I, I, I flipped a little bit. I'm a big fan of the mummy movie and Spartacus, oh, like the yeah. series so like when they were just uh, when our director told us he's like uh, you know it was like hey so like we, we heard that you guys signed bishop like who's it gonna be and she was just like did you guys know this actor named john hannah just like oh, snap! <laughs> he was in the mummy like it was dope well, those, yeah. those
1: are the moments that like yeah. what well, said it's amazing and those are the moments that make you seem like oh shit like i i really made it like i I,
2: I, like the there maybe is, there's a
1: lot
2: I, I don't have I don't have like a made it thing yet like because uh, I'm what I'm, what does
1: made it look like for you what what does mm-hmm. Hamza want to do like what are dream rules if you want to talk about those or like what is one thing that you hope you can get to in your acting bucket list
2: um yeah like it's, it's oh you know what what's what, what's dope is I can actually talk about it with you guys because like a lot of other people will ask me this but like like, I don't really want to say it too out loud because, like, I don't want to put Nazar okay. on it, you know what I
1: mean? We'll <laughs> like, cut it out and we'll just read, like, distance, I feel see on
2: the whole episode, okay? <laughs> okay, cool, yeah, we'll start it off with, okay, bismillahirmanirrahim, first of all. Thank in the
1: name you. of Allah, most God. merciful, most gracious. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, I want to play, I want to play, like, uh, I want to play Omar Sharif in uh, in his <gasps> biopic. Um, Ooh. Not, not Omar Sharif, Omar yes, Sharif. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Um, important distinction. Um, but yeah, I want to play <laughs> yeah. this biopic. Um, I've been hearing since I started out in this industry that like, Oh man, you really look like him and stuff like that. And, and I'm just like, yo, how come they hasn't been a movie? I mean, he was the first Arab American international actor to start taking roles away from white dudes in Hollywood. He was iconic. a block- you know, He was, yeah, he was iconic. He was, he was an A-lister. He was a ch- world champion bridge player. He would just, he was an absolute tyrant on set, but they, he was such a good actor that they needed him there. Um, he had, you know, he's done hundreds of movies world like worldwide in like five, six different languages. Um, you know, was a, was used to be an avid like horse collector, you know what I mean? And then, and a and a breeder and all these things. And then like later on in his life, he, you know, he lived this, he lived this unforgettable life and in the later stages of his life you know uh, he developed alzheimer's disease and people would approach him in casinos and stuff like that and talk to talk about like the effect that he had on people's lives and he doesn't remember any of it i'm just like that is a story worth telling let's do that that is like the
1: most artistic
2: I, like, you know, like it was just like this guy, you know, he, he felt so ousted by Hollywood because nobody really invited to him anything because he was a brown guy. So he developed a debilitating drinking habit because the only people that he could speak to while he was on set and filming were the guys at the bars at the hotel and the bartenders at the bars. He would smoke over a hundred cigarettes a day. He would only be at the casino gamble. He would leave half the two productions to take part in like world champion uh, you know, like at world bridge tournament in Monaco and he'd win. Like, I'm like, this is, this dude's, this dude's incredible, you know, like mm-hmm. failed marriage after failed marriage, after failed marriage, just a flawed person who made an absolutely irreversible impact in Hollywood. Um, so like to, I would love to approach that. I would love to be in consideration for that.
0: I think that kind of wraps up the discussion for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Hamza. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. and you, Thank know, you once look, again. Looking forward to part two. I'm sure, I'm sure in the future we'll have lots more to talk about all of this. So.
1: Thank you once again for tuning in. This has been Roja. And this is Hamna. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, give us a follow on our Instagram at afterthestorm.podcast. Let us know what you thought. Bye-bye.